0: to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2, 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, and then you can put your thumb there and and you can go over to Titus chapter 2, verses 2 through 8, and we'll be there later, and we'll start with 1 Timothy 5. You know, someone said a while back that, that it would probably be a really good practice for Christian families to, to move off to some town where they don't know a single person at all and find a good church and join it and get plugged in and serve. And, and then they would come to a deeper realization of the plan that God has for us as children of God, and how close we are to grow together, to be there, to need one another, to realize we are a family, we're brothers and sisters, and and to live in such a way, you know, it, it would be a sad thing if that had to happen. I'm sure when it does happen, it, it does cause things like that, but, but it's, it's definitely a good thought, you know. Um, I know that in my own personal life, as I've had some family members move on to glory, and then I've had other family members reject my Christianity, which has made a distance, it it really has helped me to deeper discover what we are to be to one another and how we are as a a church family. Um, You know, I knew of a church... um, where one family made up about 40% of the church. And they were there all the time. I, I don't know how uh, mature they grew in the Lord and into being a church family. It's almost as if they were kind of to themselves and their own force in the church. I don't know. Don't don't let me say that as in it's definitely true. Um, you know, it, it just, from what I gathered from a testimony it it just kind of seemed that way and and the idea was there was hopes that one person in the family would just really get on fire for the lord and it may connect the rest of the family it'd be like a domino effect maybe the lord would do it that way through the rest of the family And, and and they would plug in and discover what it was like you know to truly be a church family with, with everyone, but I believe everyone kind of kept each other back, and they were just within their own little blood kin family, and and didn't ever venture out into, you know, what the family ought to be, in a church. I remember my first Sunday school teacher, uh, the the church I was saved in, and 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 maybe the maybe there was some shallowness and the teaching going on or something like that, but I'll tell you what, it was one big happy family in many ways, and you were greeted and it was joyful, you know, when you, when you went there. Um, and the Sunday school teacher, anyone that was a considerable amount of years younger than him, looked at him as a spiritual dad. I called him my spiritual dad before he died, and and God used him to help create something in such a way to to help to help see what it means to be a church family and how we view one another and what we are to one another and and so with that let 's start in first Timothy chapter five, and we 're going to look at verses one and two, and the first thing we 're going to see is our view. Of one another. It says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Now these are words that that the Lord gave Paul to give to Timothy to help him as a as a young preacher. We understand 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy and Titus as the pastoral epistles. But what's good for the preacher is good for all Christians. And, and it all goes together. Our view should be the same, and it is the same, as what's given Timothy here. And we start out with the older men here. And, and we see that it says, not to rebuke an elder, but entreat him as a father. The older men in, in the family of God, they are, they are very wise, they are very experienced, they are to be esteemed as valuable because they are. The older men are, they're never to be, uh, to have the younger compare themselves or compete with them. Unfortunately, I've I've heard of situations where where you had younger men with one view and the older with another, and they clashed with them. And and that's not the way that things are supposed to go. Uh, the younger men are to glean from them. We're we're to seek wise counsel from from the elder men of the church. We're to learn from them. We can even receive godly correction from them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that and that, that's a help in a young man's life. You know, speak the truth in love. And when it's done in love, and, and when you know without a doubt it's done from care in the heart uh, of an elder that would come to you, it's, it's a good thing. And it ought to be received. Uh, there, there's benefit in it. We ought to treat them as dads. You know, some kids never have a dad. Some kids have a dad, but he's not a Christian dad. And in this beautiful plan of what God has in, in store for the family of God and in his church, there there are so many relationships that God makes where, where someone does have a godly a young man does have a godly mentor in their lives. You know, or even if a, a young man does have a godly dad, you know, he he ought to obey him and he ought to do what dad says. But when he but when this young man sees in the in the elder men of the church the same thing that his dad told him to do it, it really makes sense and and it really helps okay dad's not just being dad these are the things of god so so you see how all this works and the benefit that comes about in our view of one another older men ought to be they ought to be esteemed as valuable as wise because they are but then it goes on to talk about the younger men and and the younger men are to be as brethren be treated as brethren. Those that were of the same age as Timothy were to be brothers. They were to be considered and, and 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 seen as brothers, as close as brothers by blood. As well, you know, we all have the same heavenly father, so we're all brothers and sisters in that sense. And 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 it and it that can become a closer relationship than your physical brotherhood with your own brother. And that's how they are to be seen. You, uh, young men are to see each other equally, but, but to look at the elders as a father, you receive instruction from the father, you're kind of guided by, by a dad, so so the, they're to see each other equally as brothers, but they are to esteem the dads in the church, if you will, as, as higher, and uh, receive counsel. From the wise, the, the, the Bible says to seek counsel and, and, and every young man needs that if there 's any young man that, that cannot see the benefit that he can get from from the elders in the church he 's in bad shape and he 's going to have a hard time and have a lot of bumps and bruises trying to make it on his own. God has blessed us with the benefit of church family that, uh, so we can have these elders to look up to. You know, I heard of a situation. It's a sad situation. And I'll try to just skim it a little bit. But there was a young man who um, uh, had surrendered to preach. And he made a, a, a very, bad, very bad decision in his life. And it really messed up his testimony in a lot of ways. He was known by very wise, well-known preachers and also had some young preacher friends and after he had done what he did there was not there was no there was not much repentance it was a poor i'm sorry statement that was made from the person and and there was no fruit of repentance in their lives of making a change from what they did however one way or another this person uh, a church was formed and and they became, uh, it became a church and they became the pastor. And there was this service, this commencement service, if you will, uh, for it all to take place and a celebration of it happening. And all of the wise older brethren were not there, For that knew him and loved him, were not there for it. And the whole service was made up of a bunch of, Young preachers and young ministers of music and 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 young Christian men that that didn't that didn't go by this pattern, if you will. Um, there was none of the older, wise, respected men. And the young ones didn't submit to the counsel of the elderly men. Not even that they told them or said anything, but by the steps that the elderly men went through and by their absence and lack of support of it, the young men should have, should have checked it out. Should have checked out if God had something He wanted to say through these wise men that they had respected until feelings and friends came into place. So they didn't follow that pattern, and, and I tell you what, um, I'm afraid the church wasn't meant to be and shouldn't be there. So it's very important to follow this pattern in the family of God. You know, the elder, the, the elders, the, the word elder is there, and when you look that up in the Greek language, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different words in there, and, and something I came upon is advanced in life. Now, now we could just look at, at that as a number of years or a physical sense, but, but it goes much deeper than that. When you understand a man that's been a Christian for a long time and has a lot of experience and, and has studied in the Word and has gained a lot of wisdom, they are advanced in life and we need them. As we look at, at the young men in the Greek language there, you run across the word new. And and a lot of things new are good, you know, when when you're when you're newer, you feel better, All, all these kind of things. But but we're but new is is without experience and a need to be led and a need to have guidance. So so the new needs to be guided by the advanced in life. So there's an equality from the younger to the younger, okay? and But for the elder there to be well-respected and viewed as, as beneficial men of God, that's what they are. You know, a young man thinks he knows it all so many times, but he doesn't know it all. I have a, I have a poster board on the back of my office door and it says something to the effect of teenagers uh, get out and get your own place and get you a job and get get all your life squared away now while you still know everything and 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 so that 's uh that's kind of the mentality, but the Bible changes that mentality. And the same goes as we, as we continue on. For the elder women, they're to be looked upon as mothers. And, and the younger are to be looked upon as sisters. And, and everything I just said that, that, that would translate to that gender, it, it goes for it. it. I mean, young women uh, need, need the elder women in the church, the leading ladies in the church, to help them along to learn in life. They're very beneficial. But, but we'll, go from, we'll go from that to our validation for one another. And we'll go over to Titus chapter 2 and verse 2. And we're still in the pastoral books of the Bible, but anything that's good for the pastor is good for the Christian as well again. So we see uh, our validation for one another, and we see the men. We'll start with the men in verse 2. And it says that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. After we're born of God, and know Jesus Christ as Savior, we are to become something in God. We're to become something in the family of God. There is maturity that is to take place uh, for the Christian. I've, I've heard parts of the old sermon... Um, babies with whiskers and old men in diapers and I understand that we can mature on different spiritual levels and, and a young Christian can mature quick and then there's others that, that do not mature along very quickly but that's not the way it's supposed to be and and we have an understanding and a guideline and, and a goal if you will a goal with no ceiling to it that we are to grow into as children of of God uh, and, and And the first thing it says here is to be sober. Now many times, the word sober in the Bible has nothing to do with alcohol and intoxication. It means of a sound mind usually. But here it, it means exactly that. It means abstaining from wine entirely. It means completely staying away from alcohol. And so we, we have some standards and some maturity in the aged men. To be sober and to be grave. This, this word grave, it means to be serious it means to be dignified and it means to be honest it's a showing of character in the life of the aged man that that makes him worthy of respect you know it's it's better to command it's better to command respect than to demand respect i mean you can demand respect and you might get the respect it's going to be on a pretty cheap level it's it's not going to be as if you commanded it, as in the difference being making someone wants to respect you versus they have to respect you. It's it's so it's such a better thing when what they see in your life they want to respect you, and this is the validation that that we come to as as aged men of God. That that there's a wanting for that respect versus having to. And then there's the word temperate that comes up. And that means in control. It means fixed. It means steady. It means settled. It's, It's the idea of being careful what we say and being careful what we do. It's something that naturally comes along in the supernatural, growing, maturing life of the man of God. He doesn't make the, the, the goof-ups and blubber. You know, there's a, there's a lot of bad things that can come just from just from a statement. A wrong statement that was made. A foolish statement that was made. And, and so the idea of being temperate, you, you don't see that in the, in the aged, wise man of God as far as a habitual thing anyway. Aged men are to know the Word of God, be loyal to the faith, built up so strong... That no trial, no suffering, no persecution can cause them to swerve and cause them to sway. They are steady in their faith and it gives a, it gives a warm, comfortable feeling when you have that guidance. When you have that outline, when you have something to draw from, wow, look at, look at this man or, or look at this guy and, and, and how you can mature in faith and where you come to. It's always a, it's always a comfortable thing to be around. It's all, it's always a strengthening. It gives off a strength in the Lord's church when you have things like this. Never swerving off the path of their God given purpose. And then we go to the women in verse 3. It says, "...the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things." So as we go to the the woman, and it says likewise, in the very same way, the leading leading lady Christian uh, carries herself... In a certain way. And her demeanor gives off something, something of blessedness in the Lord. Her appearance shows godliness. Uh, you know, what, what the, the leading Christian lady gives off without a word even spoken is going to be reverent, it's going to be sacred, and it's going to be of God. You know, you are women of God, and praise God, you are different than women in the world. There's a difference in you. And and, and what the Word would give off is the fact that, that you're not gossipers. And you're not a complainer. And you're not enslaved or in bondage to alcohol is what's being said here. Or or just a simple way of saying it, you're not a gossiping drunk as a leading lady of God that, that has matured in the Lord uh, according to God's instructions here. Quite the contrary, the Bible says you're a teacher of good things. An example of the good life. An example of a godly life. A teacher of what's right. And a teacher of what's good. And this isn't teaching like in a classroom setting. This is your life. And this is the showing of your life. And it's showing what's good. And it's showing the godly example. And what we mature to as children of God. But as I do mention the word teacher, it takes us into our next point. And we're going to find those in verses 4 through 8. Our value to one another. We've kind of explored some passages that tell us from God's Word about our maturity that we come to as leading men of God. As leading women of God. And, and, and that's enough. The fact that God gives the blueprint of what we are to become and can become, that's enough right there. But that's not all He gives. Along with the passages, He he puts alongside that uh, the purpose, to let you know a purpose that you're going to fulfill as a man and a a woman of God growing in maturity. And and we'll start with the women uh, in verses 4 and 5. And so it talks about the maturity of the aged man and the aged women and what we're to become. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. So, leading ladies of God, you are a guide. You have a God-given duty that in this God-given duty, you're you're a leader to the young women. I'll never forget this uh, precious saint went home to heaven not too long ago. It's uh, Dwayne Bagley's mom. And... And she taught Sunday school and she ministered to young women in the neighborhood that would come into the church over there in Pasadena for years and years. And she was sitting in the Luby's one day, her and her husband, and just having their, their normal lunch just like always. And a woman, the woman about in her 30s, came up to her and she just looked at her like she was crazy and went back to eating. And she didn't recognize her, but the, but the girl recognized her. And she said, Miss Bagley, Sister Bagley, she said, yes. She said, I just want to tell you that you had no idea what was going on in my life, but I was contemplating taking my life if it weren't for the difference that you made in my life. It kept me from doing so. And she told her about the successful life that she had that day. And that's what happens. That's a purpose that we have beyond the passages just of what God tells us. There's a purpose in what's going to happen in our maturity as children of God and all the people that we're going to be able to help. The Bible preaches uh, to the leading ladies, you know, love your husbands and, and children. Uh, uh, and, and you practice it so that the women coming up can learn it. You know, one, one fellow the other day said he was a visual learner. And... And, and, in the way he meant visual, but he looks at the Bible. He always has to look at the Bible. But also, we're visual learners in that along with the Bible, we can, when we see the Bible lived out in someone's life, it just makes so much more uh, of a clear connection, uh, you know, on top of what the Bible gives us. And that's what, that's what people need to see. That's the help that they need. The purpose is to help the young women that are coming up so that they can learn. So that they can learn to love their husband sacrificially. So that, so that they can labor in the lives of their children in, in such a way that shows their love for their children, that shows them how they ought to, to raise their family. You know, there's so many young people and and they don't, they don't know that today. I've had some teenagers pass through class over four years. And, and, and I've just had a lot of situations where I've had teenagers here at church and the family wasn't faithful to the Lord's church. Or maybe they weren't even Christians at all. So there is such a great need for the teaching example that comes about through the mature life of the, the leading lady of God. They learn to control impulses and desires, wrong ones that would steer us the wrong way. They learn by your example because you don't steer that way and you don't do that and they can see that. They can grow up modest and, and quiet and blameless with the duties around their house under control and a willingness to respond to their husband and godliness because of Not only by God's Word, of course, but because of what you have shown them. What you have shown them by what you put into your family and by what you have put into your children and by what you have put into your Christian life as a woman of God. By what you've displayed. And now we go to the men in verses 6-8. through Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say about you. Leading men. Your lives. Walking every day in the mature, godly place that God takes, our, takes your lives to, your, what your life says is a warning. It's a caution. It, it's, your life is instruction. And it's an urging for young men to take life seriously and to understand clearly that we reap what we sow. And that we need to be responsible. We, we are responsible. The responsibility for our actions falls upon us. But, but so many today don't, don't feel like that. One person that I heard of has the policy, never admit when you're wrong. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, especially when it comes from someone that had Christian teaching and Christian upbringing. And, and, and I say that just to, just to point out the desperate need of the, of the, not, not that the example's not there, but the desperate need to continue, to continue faithfully, to continue with the clear message through your life as to what a man of God becomes and what a man of God can be. young men will learn from you in how you treat your wife. Young men will learn how to work for a boss by just what they know and see and hear from your life. And from many things that I've gathered in people today, in marriage, There's a, there's, a, there's a great misunderstanding of how it's to be done. And your clear understood Christian way of living will give that insight and, in, and enlighten so that it can be done. So that they can live in that way and treat a wife as a wife should be treated and, and work as a man should work. You know, to to learn how to abound in the Word of God instead of being ashamed for not resisting the world. You're teaching them and ingraining them with how to, how to uh, be able to resist the, the world. And we saw at the end of verse 5, as it was speaking of the ladies, it says that the Word of God be not blasphemed. And then we see at the end of verse 8, having no evil thing to say about you. The, the positive effect, the, the, the God-planned effect to come out of all of this, hinges so much on, on us pursuing our roles and fulfilling our duties as children of God. It, you know, it, it's, it's a duty for, for those that become uh, mature in, in the Lord to be that example. And, and, and young people ought to be looking at that. Young people ought to be learning from those in the church. You know, uh, one preacher said, he talked about the ladies or, or the way they dress and, and different things like that. And one preacher put it. He said, that's not my job. The Bible said it's the, it's the, it's the ladies' job to teach that. And, and don't get me wrong. I, 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 I believe there's a time and a place where the preacher stands up. He preaches on everything in the Bible. But, but, but take, that, take that for what you will in the fact that, that they look to you that the young look to the leading ladies in the church to learn these things to learn how you carry yourself to learn how you dress yourself to learn all of these things and 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 then the family of God is working like a well-oiled machine when we when we see each other and come together in relationship as as God has planned we are to be a help to one another's growth and to one another's godliness. We're to assist one another and, and we're to be accountable to one another. I'm, I, I'm not very... I, I try not to be private with anything. I, you know, what, I'd like it to be what you see is what you get. And I think we ought to be accountable to one another as brothers In Christ, from brother to brother and and, and sister to sister. I think we ought to share that way. I think we ought to strengthen one another. I think we ought to be a help to one another. I believe we ought to be closer to one another. I believe we ought to give reasons for blessing instead of blaspheming. As a family of God. We're to help one another's growth and gro- godliness. We're to uh, be accountable to one another. With our, with our view, let, uh, let us view one another the way we should. First Timothy 5, 1 and 2. And let us not only uh, view one another, let us be a validation for one another. And then let us value one another. Because there's so much we can gain and gather as the family of, of God. It's so important. That this is a very important thing. We don't realize how many tragic things unfold when we don't follow God's system and don't follow His plan. You know, and so let me say this to those of you that, 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 are, that are just faithful and you keep on keeping on. There, something in a morning, man, that struck me a while back. He, he said something about God working in the mundane Boring times of your life. They're really not boring, but we might call it that. And when we think nothing is going on, you're really doing a really, really great work and you never know who's watching you. You never know who may come up to you in a lubies 20 years down the road. that A person that was a teenager, now a young adult, and telling you the difference that you made in their lives and you never even knew it. They just saw you. They saw your example of godliness. What, what an awesome thing that is when we can be that way. But if, if you're here tonight and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know, to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the children of God. You go from being a creation of God to a child of God when you understand your need to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins, to have a home in heaven, to be born again. To, to be made right with God. And that's the only way that, that we can partake in this wonderful design of growing closer as the family of God. And when we do, how, how wonderful and how sweet it is, how wonderful are the benefits. Well, we're not going to have a invitation tonight. That's, that's it right there. Unless someone has something to say. Any word on anyone's heart? All minds clear? Yes.